On the dust jacket of the New York Times best-selling author Jennifer Weiner's new book, That Summer, we are given this information. Daisy Shoemaker can't sleep. With a thriving cooking business, a full schedule of volunteer work, and a beautiful home in the Philadelphia suburbs, she should be content. But her teenage daughter can be a handful, her husband can be distant, her work can feel trivial, and she has lots of acquaintances but no real friends. Still, Daisy knows she's got it good, so why is she up all night? While Daisy tries to identify the root of her dissatisfaction, she's also receiving misdirected emails meant for a woman named Diana Starling, whose email address is just one punctuation mark away from her own. While Daisy's driving carpools, Diana is chairing meetings. While Daisy's making dinner, Diana's making plans to reorganize corporations. Diana's glamorous, sophisticated, single-lady life is miles away from Daisy's simpler existence. When an apology leads to an invitation, the two women meet and become friends. But as they get closer, we learn that their connection was not completely accidental. Who is this other woman? What does she want with Daisy? That's the information we're given on the back cover of the new book, by New York Times best-selling author Jennifer Weiner. This new book is called That Summer. I had the opportunity to speak to Jennifer Weiner by phone recently about her new book. What a wonderful book, That Summer, and it was unexpected. I have to admit, if you told me Chick Lit, I run a mile. I know, like same, which is why it was so upsetting when they started telling me that's what my books were. I can only imagine. I'm an avid reader, but I tend to like mysteries, thrillers, and every chiclet book I've read, I've thought to myself, I can't connect with these women. And by page two, I was hooked. I'm very glad to hear that because I have felt your alienation. You know, you read about these women, and they're thin and they're glamorous, and they live in New York City, and they're shopping and they're dating, and I am just like, who even are these people? Exactly right. The one person I instantly connected with, although I'm much, much older, to say she is my favorite character, was Beatrice. I thought, oh, I get her. She's delightful. Wasn't she great? I loved writing her because I said, I want to write a teenager who is completely confident who has no doubts about who she is or what she wants or what she does and doesn't care if anybody else gets her. She's going to taxidermy those mice, and if you don't get it, too bad. All of your women are wonderful. The one thing that really drove the story for me was the fact that you really become interested in these women. You really care about these women, and it doesn't take long to care about all of them, and you get them. How does that come about? Do these women come to you fully formed? Do you begin to write, and then gradually they develop of their own accord? I would say that what happens is I start to hear a character's voice in my head, With that summer, I started hearing Daisy, and Daisy, who wakes up in the middle of the night in her beautiful home on the main line of Philadelphia with her husband and her daughter 
and her little business and her volunteer work and has everything that she ever thought she wanted and is still feeling like there's something missing. And then I had to figure out, okay, who is this woman? What is missing? You know, what are the bargains that she's made that have brought her to this place? What is she willfully deciding not to see or not to look too hard at? And how do I get her to where she wants to go? And you just go through draft after draft after draft. And like you said, the characters reveal themselves. You might have an idea of who somebody is, and then it could totally change by your third time through. Um, Or there's characters, every once in a while you get lucky, and you do get somebody who sort of shows up fully formed and just, you know, like Athena springing from Zeus's forehead. In my case, that was Beatrice. (laughs) Daisy, she really is a bird in a gilded cage. Yes, yes. And, you know, there's a couple of references to a doll's house throughout the book. Um, There were more of them in a previous draft, and then my editor and I sort of decided that less was more there. And it's interesting because her daughter can sort of see her more clearly than she can see herself which I thought was an interesting phenomenon and and an interesting idea about mothers and daughters and that somehow we can, it's it's much easier to see someone else's flaws and shortcomings than it ever is to see your own. I think one of the most initially heartbreaking parts of the book was realizing that Daisy had had a wonderful friend in Hannah and had lost her. And I really felt for her that, that loneliness, that wonderful thing of having a a female friend who just gets you but holds your feet to the fire at the same time. Right, yeah. I mean, so Hannah didn't show up until the second draft because I knew that I wanted Daisy and Diana to meet, and I knew that I wanted Daisy to be susceptible to this other woman's advances, for lack of a better word. And my husband, who's one of my first readers, he was actually the one who said, what if it's that she's had a friend, she's had that really good friend, that friend who just like knows you right down to your bones, and the friend has died. And that's what makes her vulnerable. That's where we meet her. She's, she's lost this friend, and she feels adrift. You write friendships really, really well. I believed in of women's relationships. I believed in every single relationship in that well you write all relationships well but I often people get the love relationship okay but they completely flub female relationships and you don't at all you really get female relationships so I'm assuming you must have some incredible friends in your life I do. I've been very, very lucky in terms of finding women who, like you said, get me and understand me and love me, but hold my feet to the fire, which I think is what you want a friend to do. But it's interesting because I feel like women are told that your romantic attachments are going to be the big ones in your life. Those are the big consequential. That is your big love. And what I have seen, marriages sometimes don't last, or even if they do, sometimes they're not where you are getting your emotional sustenance. 
but friendships, I think, you can have a friend and you can be in each other's lives for years and years and years, and that can be one of the relationships that truly sustains you. I'm not going to do any any spoilers, but to say that something huge happens in this novel, and I was worried, I have to say, because I thought all this loveliness is going to blow up into a major disaster, and I thought you handled everything really well, not soppily, but really, really well. I just admired the way it all ended up. Oh, thank you. I feel like that's kind of how life is. You have tragedy that can exist right next door to happiness or contentment or beauty or a delicious meal or falling in love. I always want to write a book that's going to be pleasurable for my readers. I want to give them some delicious scenery. I want to give them some wonderful food. I want to give them a sex scene or two. I want all those things to be there. And I want them to sit right next to the painful stuff because I think that's how life works. You are the author of 17 books, which is mind-boggling. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> my, my mind is boggled, too. Where do you get your inspiration? Does a good story come to you? Is it something you overhear? How does that process work for you? You know, it's bits and pieces of different things. For example, I actually was getting some other Jennifer Weiner's emails for a while. And I thought, boy, wouldn't this be an interesting way for two people to meet each other? And I kind of filed it away and said, you know, let me come back to that someday. The Me Too piece of this book, obviously, that was sort of ripped from the headlines. It was very much in the news. It was very much on my mind. I do listen to things when people talk, when women get together. I read a lot of fiction and nonfiction. And I think it's just a matter of, like, looking at the world and asking what if a lot. I like that, what if a lot. Yes, uh, I, I mean, it is, it is fascinating that D Daisy and Diana meet through what looks like accidental emails. And I think we've all been there where somebody mistakes you for another person with the same name. It's happened to a lot of us. To have that develop into an entire story is just fascinating. You know, I thought it was so interesting because here's somebody with the same name, Here's, you know, she's probably about my age just because Jennifer was such a popular name the year I was born, and I'll bet this is another one of the Jennifers of that generation. And so you start to think, you know, what is her life like? Where does she live? Who is she with? What are the choices that she made, and how are they different than my own? How is she a version of who I am? How is she the same? How is she different? You know, it was... Um, as annoying as it was to have to forward all those emails, it, was, it ended up being a very fortuitous thing for my fiction. This novel is about relationships, but friendship-type relationships. Yes, I would agree. And even though there's some romance and there's somebody falling in love more traditionally, I think I even have Daisy say at some point that like, when you get to be a certain age and you've married or you've found your partner meeting a new friend and getting to know that person replicates the experience of falling in love. And I think, I think that's true. I think because you're finding somebody to whom you can show your truest self. 
with whom you can have that kind of intimacy. And that's what love is. It's a wonderful book, and I know you've got other wonderful books, and you really do connect. I looked on your website, and you connect with your, your readers in an interesting way, so I'm going to offer you the opportunity in the last couple of minutes to tell people how they can connect with you and your website. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I, I do all the social media. I'm on Twitter, at Jennifer Weiner. I'm on Instagram, at Jennifer Weiner Writes. I'm on Facebook at Jennifer Weiner. I am the oldest woman on TikTok. You can come find me there and probably find out more than you ever wanted to know about me and my family and what I do in my spare time. And you have some online book events coming up in the next few days and the next month I've seen as well. Yes, I do. And, um, you know, as I like to say, good seats are still available. You can, you can come find me. If you buy a ticket, you will get a hardcover book. You will get, I believe, a complimentary chapstick. Bargains at twice the price. So I hope lots of people will come. The events have been really, really nice. I've, I've really enjoyed them. Jennifer Weiner speaking about her new book, That Summer. Jennifer Weiner is the number one New York Times bestselling author of 18 books now, including Big Summer, Mrs. Everything, Good in Bed, and an essay collection, Hungry Heart. She's a graduate of Princeton University and a contributor to the New York Times opinion section. Jennifer lives with her family in Philadelphia. Her latest novel, That Summer, has just been published and is available from all good booksellers. To find out more about Jennifer Weiner, you can visit her website, jenniferweiner.com, and Weiner is spelt W-E-I-N-E-R. When you go on to jenniferweiner.com, you'll find out all kinds of information about how to connect with Jennifer Weiner, who connects very readily with her many fans. If you click on the button that says Tour, you will find out about her virtual tour happening at the moment with events every week across the country. Jennifer Weiner's new book, That Summer, out now. Her website, jenniferweiner.com. Many thanks to Jennifer Weiner. And thanks to you, WVIA's Fiona Powell. And don't forget to check the WVIA website to learn more about the station's Page Turner's Book Club. You can sign up for the newsletter for updates, and you don't even need to be a member. And Fiona Powell is very active in the Page Turner's Book Club, and you can see how wonderfully fun it would be to engage with Fiona Powell, reader to reader. So it's wvia.org slash page turners, wvia.org slash page turners.